Hey, keto freaks, this is Carl. Do you or someone you know have trouble focusing? You know what I'm talking about. You sit down to read something, try to figure out your monthly budget, write that novel you've been putting off, or maybe you just can't seem to do one task at a time. Well, you may not know this, but I'm a musician as well as a software developer. Programming is a job that requires focus, long periods of uninterrupted work. It's hard for them and for you. I've created Music to Code By. This is music, yes, but it's specifically and scientifically designed to promote focus. Studies show that when math students were exposed to Baroque music between 60 and 80 beats per minute, they did better with comprehension and testing. So I created more modern music that is neither boring nor distracting, but falls within that tempo range. It's just the right mix. I also made the pieces 25 minutes long. That correlates to research that shows we all get brain fatigue after 20 or so minutes of hard focus. The result is thousands of happy customers. Now, you don't have to be a programmer to reap the benefits of music to code by. It has been known to soothe restless pets, calm fussy babies, and even help autistic kids relax and fall asleep. Listen to some free samples at musictocodeby.net. Welcome back to Two Keto Dudes. This is Carl Franklin in Connecticut in the United States. And in February of 2016, I put myself on a ketogenic diet to take control of my metabolism. In just two and a half months, I managed to reverse all my markers of type 2 diabetes with diet alone. As of now, I'm 70-ish pounds lighter with no signs of diabetes or heart disease. Hi, I'm Richard Morris in Canberra, Australia. I've been on a ketogenic diet for over two years. When I started, I was very sick with complications from type 2 diabetes. Within six months of starting a ketogenic diet, all of my biomarkers of disease had disappeared. I've also lost about 70 pounds, and I've completely turned my health around. And this show is a document of not only my progress through nutritional ketosis, but Richard's experience thriving for years in ketosis. Yeah. And hopefully that might help a few people who are curious about this kind of dietary hacking. Sure, we're not doctors. We don't want to give anyone any medical advice, but we are keen to share our own experiences. We're actually both software developers, so we're not afraid of a little technical detail, are we, Carl? Nah. Now, we've done some research into our own deranged metabolisms and the science behind them. We hope to share some of that research. Where possible, we intend to put links in the show notes to cite research supporting any claim that we make. And you'll probably work out pretty quickly that we're both foodies. Sure are. We love to cook and we love to eat. And we also share the great food we eat on this diet. Every show, we each share a recipe for a keto meal that we love. Sure do. Yeah. So, Richard, let's start Two Keto Dudes, episode 31, Paying It Back. Paying It Back, yeah. Well, Richard, do we have any corrections or apologies from last week's show? Yeah, Carl, you probably remember we spoke about Beverly's husband who had the late-night low-glucose event? Sure. Well, we both said that he could have eaten a small bit of fruit to get his blood sugar up, and while that's true... 
Somebody, Andrew, in our forum suggested a better option. A spoonful of coconut oil goes directly to the liver to be burned for energy. And if your insulin is low, the fat will be partially burned, releasing ketones, and ketones will support your brain's need for energy. And that yeah. means that if you've got circulating ketones, then low glucose does not necessarily mean that your brain is running out of energy. Ah. So you won't have hypo effects. Yeah. Also, we incorrectly tallied Tom Naughton's quiz score at 5 out of 10. He actually got only 4 out of 10 Ouch. correct. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. Come to think <laughs> Sorry of about it. that, Tom. Yeah. So let's reprise. What's a ketogenic diet? Well, a ketogenic diet is any diet that puts you in a state of nutritional ketosis. Sure. We get there by eating less than 20 grams of carbs per day. Yep. And we eat, we follow the Volick and Finney uh, measurements of one to one and a half grams per kilogram of lean muscle mass. For protein. Yep. For protein. And the rest of it comes from fat, either fat that we eat or from that Krispy Kreme we ate a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, that Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yeah. So how you been this week, buddy? Yeah, actually, uh, I've had an interesting week. I did a 50K bike ride yesterday um, and fe felt really comfortable for most of the ride. Uh, but then about two or three hours afterwards, all of a sudden I had this massive knee pain. Wow. Now, I, I've, got a, I've got a torn meniscus in, in one knee, and for the whole time that I've been keto... Um, I've almost not felt that injury at all. It, yeah. It's almost as if I didn't have any knee problem at all. And the only two exceptions to that were one time at a wedding I ate some carbs and that night I had massive knee pain. Hmm. And then the other time was just after this ride. It was just two hours after the ride. I'd, I'd cooled down after the ride and I was feeling really good and then all of a sudden this massive knee pain. Wow. I had ice on it. I had I had to take uh, analgesics to try and numb the pain. Mm. Uh, and then I went to – I had a little bit of coconut oil uh, hoping that maybe if I increased my ketones that I might feel a bit better. And But I was worried that I wasn't going to be able to sleep uh, because of the pain. Um, but the ice helped a little bit. And I woke up and I've got absolutely no sensation of pain at all in the knee. It's like it was perfect, like it was two days ago. So Isn't that crazy? I, have, I, d I don't know what happened there, but uh, it's like I just, got a, I just got a brief memory of my pre-keto aches and pains. Yeah. And I really don't like them. So, wow. Um, yeah. So that, that was uh, – uh, that was uh, one thing. And the, the other thing that's really strange is, you know, I did the seven-day fast uh, right. uh, over a week ago. Yeah. And I lost I lost 10 pounds from the fast and then put five pounds back on again. Yeah. Well, I've put – so I, I, was I was down net five pounds. In the week since then, I've put on – an additional five pounds, so I'm back to where I started. So it looks like my body, my body is really trying to stick at this weight range. It's, it's fighting me. This is a weight range that it's willing to defend. Well, I'll tell you that happened to me after the last seven day fast too. Really? Um, you know, yeah, it pretty much all came back on. However, um, Kelly noticed that I'm thinner. Like I haven't been measuring myself, but she does, my wife does a measurement by, you know, giving me a hug <laughs> and seeing how, where her fingers meet, Yep. you know, so she's been keeping track and, and yeah, so I, there's been a reshifting of maybe it's muscle mass. I'm not sure, Yeah. but there's been a, definitely a reshifting of, of, uh, fat, muscle, and water. I wonder if the body tries to equalize the weights because it must, it's got to be quite, expensive to reprogram the brain to deal with a different 
weighted body. Mm. And, you know, as, as you go through puberty and you, you're shooting up very quickly, you know, how you get ungainly because you just your legs and arms are just growing faster than your brain can reprogram right. it, its ability. It's I wonder if uh, if the if the body tries to stabilize at a particular weight range because it knows that the cost of reprogramming things every five seconds every mm. as you change weight maybe so I don't know it's just a hypothesis but uh, yeah it's it's uh, I don't know either I, I'm I've taken a more hands off and less stress approach to the ketogenic diet since I started yeah when I started it was all about how fast can I lose weight you sure. know and. And if I don't lose weight fast enough, I'm going to freak out and somehow go off the diet, which was my MO for many, many years, right? Yeah. I would do, I would, my problem, of course, is I was a carb addict like just about everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I think I told this story that I actually got up once at three in the morning, got, put pants on, got in my car and drove to Burger King. Oh, man. Three o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah, dear. it was bad. Yeah. And uh, I would, you know, fast food was my sort of go-to meal just about all the time. And then, you know, I'd get, this is my pattern over the last 10 years, sure. I would say, or more. And then I would, you know, get sick of it and say, all right, I got to eat some low carb because I know I knew all about low carb years ago. I did it in the 90s. Right. And that works. But And I do it for three days or I did it for three days or so. And then, you know, somehow just got bored. Did yeah. something else, then got on the scales like, ah, oh, what's the use? <laughs> yeah. I'm addicted, you know? And then I would start the whole cycle over again. And sometimes it would take weeks to get back into yeah. it. But now, of course, you know that once you get fat adapted, you can have, if you cheat, let's say, yeah, you, you know, if you eat carbs, sure. uh, I, I don't get the cravings. I don't, f I don't care about the fact that I put on a little bit of weight. It doesn't matter to me. I can get back on the horse. Yeah. So, so I gave up obsessing over the weight and I just started considering how I feel and how healthy I am. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And, you know, weight comes and goes a little bit. That's all right. It's, it's obviously going in the right direction yeah. and I ain't going to stress about it. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of the same. I'm actually really quite comfortable at this weight because I can actually do a lot of exercise. Mm. Everything I ask my body to do, it's capable of delivering and then some. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm not that worried about uh, I'm not that worried about it. I'd, I guess I'd like to be under 100 kilograms just to see what that's like because yeah. I've really not been there since I was 18. So yeah. that would be interesting to see that. But um, I guess I'm solidly built. Um, mm -hmm. I was a rugby rugby player, and so you know, I, I'm probably going to always weigh a little bit heavy all my life. Mm. Um, but in terms of body fat. I've lost a lot of uh, body fat around my abdomen and yeah. in the time, I guess, in the year and a half that I've been around the same weight, I've lost about 10 inches in my waist. Yeah. So, you know, that, that, that's a big change. That's pretty incredible when you think about it. You've been the same weight, yet you've lost 10 inches. Right. So what you're essentially doing is converting that fat to muscle. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you're losing the fat. Obviously, but since muscle is denser, yeah. not weighs more, <laughs> denser yes. than uh, body fat, then, you know. You can take up less volume. Yeah, you take up less volume. That's right. Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So how was your week, huh? Well, this week was really, really great for me. Mm. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Uh, I started exercising for the first time since February. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still almost six months. Almost six <laughs> months. I lost 76 pounds without exercise. Wow. Think about that for a minute. I know. It flies in the face of reality, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's it's unbelievable. And uh, and you know, I 
I'm not saying don't exercise. <laughs> I'm just saying that I didn't. And uh, this yeah. is what happened. So I finally, you know, it's been beautiful weather here in New England. Um, I finally got my recumbent tricycle. Pause for laughter. Uh, I got it dusted off. There's a community bike shop here in New London run by okay. a friend of mine. Everybody's a volunteer. And what they do is they get local kids in junior high, high school, whatever, to go to their families and friends and ask for old bikes that they don't want anymore. Ah, yeah, they nice. bring them down. They teach these kids how to fix them, how to service them, them, yeah, and and how to build them. And at the end of their apprenticeship, how whatever that is, mm. they get a bike out of it. Nice, yeah. yeah. So it's it's not only a great way to pass on skills, but it's a great way to keep kids busy and off the streets yeah. and uh, gives them a bike. And um, it's wonderful. So they basically fixed it up for like 40 bucks. Oh, wow. And, you know, I had a I had a wheel that was out of alignment. My spokes weren't tight. The tires were flat. They fixed it. They put new blinky lights on it. And, and this <laughs> is a, a recumbent tricycle. So you, it has a seat like a go-kart would have a seat. So, so, it's, so it's like a deck chair with pedals. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, it, you know, I have a big, tall flag going up the back of it, yeah. and I got blinky lights everywhere. And it's it's just you, 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 your hands are down at your sides, and then there's these gripper handles that control right. the steering. Yeah. And it's got disc brakes. Nice. Which get really hot. Yeah, that Ask would. me how I know. How do you know? I burned myself. You touched it. <laughs> yeah. This trike has pedals. That are specifically matched to cleats that you wear. So the cleats snap uh, into the pedals. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The first day I went out was last Friday and uh, I went seven and a half miles. Ah, so how do yeah. you feel? That's the important thing. I mean, you've not exercised for six months. What was it? What was your expectation? It's been and- really years since I exercised. Okay. Yeah. Really, really focused exercise. And the biggest problem for me has always been, uh, it's just wipes me out. I can't, I have no energy to sustain exercise when I'm, when I'm a glucose burner. Sure. However, this was freaking amazing. <laughs> I I could have gone on and on and on. I had no problem going up hills. Wow. Um, yeah. And before when I rode my recumbent, when I was a glucose burner, I would have to put any, any hill, I'd have to put it in the lowest gear and pedal real slow and yeah. Taking no. it out to get up a hill. Yeah. Yep. Nope. Not at all. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just burning through. So the first day, seven and a half miles. The second day, almost nine miles. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Oh, it's so much fun. You went from a standing start to, to doing yeah. know, over seven miles a day. <laughs> and it's just because, you know, like we say, once you remove the carbohydrate poison from your body, you can hear the signals that your body's telling you, you know, right. like eat. Like I need to eat or, or don't eat or I need to move, you know. I've got this some is, energy. Let's use it. I got it. some energy. Let's use it because you feel good when you burn energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never I, – I, it's surprising too. I, I don't know about you, but for me, well, 20, 30 years that I wasn't I, – I, I was doing exercise grudgingly and hating it every time. Yeah. For me, it's, 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 it's remarkable how much I enjoy exercise. Yeah, me That too. was incredible to me. So I'm looking forward to doing that as many days in a row as I possibly can. I took a couple days off. I had work to do. But um, my weight loss improved, um, (laughs) you know, 
as, yeah. a, as you would expect it to. Yeah. The other thing that I did, and we'll talk about this later in the show, is I hosted an event. Oh, yeah. And that prompted this topic, giving back. I hosted an event at my house. Local people who are interested in the ketogenic diet uh, had seen my Facebook posts, had uh, been amazed uh, at what I did and how I did it. Nice. They want to learn. So they came over and uh, I made him Carl's Head Pizza. <laughs> so Yum. we'll talk about that. <laughs> nice. But first. We've got a job to do. It's called Mail. Mail. <laughs> We're just All right, so the first message comes from Brian, and this is from our Facebook group, which yep. please join us. It's at fb.2keto.com. Yep. Uh, it is closed, but all you got to do is request membership, and we're pretty good about getting people right in. Yeah. So Brian says, quick Facebook tip, because I remembered reading some folks mentioning this. If you don't want Two Keto Dudes dominating your Facebook news feed, but still want to be a <laughs> member of Two Keto Dudes, do the following. One. Go to your news feed. Two, find a Two Keto Dudes post. There'll be one there. Oh, yeah. Click on the gray arrow in the top right. Four, click on unfollow Two Keto Dudes, but stay a member of the group. This will remove Two Keto Dudes posts from your news feed. Then you can just click on the Two Keto Dudes group on the left to go to it when you want to. Yeah. And it prompted this crazy reaction from people like, what know, are you right? nuts? All I read is the two keto dudes news feed. I don't even read any of that other crap anymore. <laughs> Look, I got to say, I want to apologize on behalf of the dudes uh, yeah, and apologize too. to everybody who feel, feels overwhelmed. Uh, we actually have, a, it's a very active news group, a very active uh, group on Facebook and uh, they, that our people generate a lot of really good content. So, And by it, the way, Richard and I are also a little bit overwhelmed, right? That's <laughs> we why are, we have man. five admins. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I get I get over 70, 70 notifications every day, so oh, I'm yeah, a little bit crazy. overwhelmed by the whole thing too. <laughs> but it's awesome too. And uh, so there's some of these reactions that I was uh, alluding to. Teresa said, I prefer it dominating my Facebook feed, <laughs> lol. <laughs> John says, I enjoy that it dominates my news feed. I don't understand anybody not wanting this in their life. We need to put a plan for world domination in place, figure out how to have this dominate everybody's news feed. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little avid, isn't he? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Nice, wonderful comments. And yeah, yeah there's your instructions for how to uh, reduce the load on your Facebook so that you can probably see. Yeah. If you want two keto dudes on demand and not in your face, <laughs> uh, if you want to pull it instead of have it pushed on you, there that's you how go. you do it. Awesome. So we had another message from Stephanie who said, full-time student here with a tight budget and little time. This diet plan interests me. But it's a little overwhelming with how much cooking is required. Any suggestions on where to start? I'm a carboholic and I can see myself going down the wrong path and I want to correct it before I start getting health issues at my young age. Any yeah. advice or suggestions are greatly appreciated. I've got to say cooking is important, but you can eat keto without necessarily cooking. And if you look on Carl's blog, he has... Uh, a recipe plan for people who cannot cook or will not cook or don't want to cook. And um, who are addicted to McDonald's. Right, and yeah. basically it's you buy some Mahler's low-carb bread or another low-carb bread. Mahler's is one gram net per slice. And yeah. um, you, you toast it up, you put your mayo or butter on it, you head to McDonald's and you get 
And the for breakfast, get a bagel. This was my daughter Emmy's suggestion. Okay. Get the bagels that have either you know egg and steak and cheese or nice. cheese and bacon yeah. and eggs or whatever. Get one or two of those if you want more. And throw the bagel away. It comes right off. And then you've got your sandwich. And for lunch, you can do the same thing with, with triple cheeseburgers or a quarter pounder, double quarter pounder with cheese. You know, you can you can do that. And still, it's a great way, especially to get um, started with yeah. keto. But it's going to be more expensive in the long run. Yeah. It's not a, not a great diet either. But, you know. It, no, it, it's it, not it, great, it, but it'll, it get, you, ketogenic it'll get you going. It'll get you going, yeah. It'll get yeah. you on, out of, in control of your, of your carb addiction. And then once once you get once you can hear the signals, then uh, everything starts com- becoming a lot easier. Uh, yeah. I, I also like the plan because, you know, People want to dip their toes in without a lot of investment in, yeah. uh, in, in time and effort. And, and that's an easy way to get through the first week, which is arguably the hardest week. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's true. A couple of the responses that came in from users, Greg said, hey, I'm in the same boat as you, but I started a few weeks ago. Best advice in the first few weeks is keep it simple. Use MyFitnessPal to keep track of what you're eating. Uh, after a week mm-hmm. or two, when you start feeling like you're getting into the swing of things, you'll find it extremely easy to fast. Your body will become accustomed to burning body fat for fuel, so you won't feel weak or hungry throughout the day, which means less food, which means less food budget and less cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Debbie said, once you have a list of stuff that you want to eat, it's really not time consuming. Steak takes minutes. Use a slow cooker to bung in ingredients and off you go. Uh, BCP, if you're short on time. Bulletproof coffee or keto coffee. Or keto coffee, yeah. It can be easily done. Make batches of salad. I work full time and I have two young kids and manage it fine. Plus, if you intend to fast, you'll be eating significantly less anyway. Exactly. That's true. So, and Joy said, uh, check out uh, YouTube channel by Butter Bob. Butter Bob makes- Yeah, uh, butter makes your pants fall off. Butter makes your pants fall off. He's got a great video about budget shopping. Um, and he doesn't teach keto per se, but he does have some great tips. Uh, there's another one actually, uh, Marty Kendall's Optimizing Nutrition has got uh, a blog post on um, uh, cheap ways of, uh, of building, of, of doing keto. So that's also good. Yep. Um, Patricia uh, said some tips I find to help me save money. Number one, hit the Walmart deli around 8 p.m. That's when they mark the rotisserie chicken down and uh, they mark them down to half price. So I always buy two or four. Wow. Uh, number two tip is shop for fresh meats around 8 a.m. That's when they typically go through and mark them down. Um, you can save a boatload even on the best cuts. And the number three tip is if you live in Jonesboro, ignore everything I've just said. I want all those cheap meats to myself. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Also, we did a show on keto on a budget. Yeah. We'll link to all of those things in the show notes. So. Yeah. 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 So I've got one final message, and this came from Glenn Babici in our Facebook group, and he said, okay, two keto dudes, um, I'm trying to maintain LCHF, that's a low-carb, high-fat diet or healthy-fat yeah. diet, uh, but I'm having dip- difficulties with support in my family situation. Oh, so I thought if there is anyone who would like to get together occasionally for coffee or breakfast on the northern beaches of Sydney to share ideas and support each other, uh, or even do some walks or bike ideas. Um, and that sort of uh, prompted the idea of this show to look at how we give back to our community, how we, um, how we take what's worked for us and help other people uh, move forward with that. Yeah, exactly. The whole idea is that we've learned so much here 
And, you know, when you see these results over and over again, especially inspired by posts in our Facebook group and people who have the same story, you know, they, know. they're hungry, they don't know why, they think they're eating healthy, they're not, and they're just getting more and more sick and nothing's moving and nothing's happening and they're losing, they're disillusioned, basically, just like we were. It says right on our homepage, we both feel like we've been fooled, yeah. you know, and this is what people feel like. They don't trust doctors, they don't trust diet advice. And you really want to get together with these people and help them and teach them and to give back. That's what this is all about. Yeah. And so over the last couple of weeks, or just the last week, actually, mm. and, and you heard what I did. This was a really fun thing. Okay. But we've had people, uh, our admins, talking about you know, renting a, a 20 bedroom mansion somewhere off Airbnb and flying people in and, and having a sort of a week or two week or three week long retreat. Wow. But my idea in particular is that, yes, we're not going to have cars, and but I'll have a van that will hold everybody. And we're going to practice going out into the real world where the challenges are and sure. learning how to cope with them. How awesome. You know, going to restaurants and learning what to order and what not to order, going grocery shopping yeah. and showing what, you know, what to eat, what not to eat, how to cook, um, going to fast food restaurants and <laughs> right. doing what yeah. I was talking about with McDonald's, you know, if you find yourself there. So, yeah. and going to events, like going out to museums or something like that where, you know, how do you, how do you deal with that and cope with that? Well, actually do it. Yeah. So good idea. These are the kinds of things that we've been thinking about in the group lately. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that you did, Carl, was you, ha you hosted an event for what, five strangers, um, from six. your local community, six strangers from your local community. So tell us what happened. Yeah, sure. I, I've had a lot of local Facebook friends and, these weren't strangers. They were either people that I've been friends with in the past or have fallen out of touch with, or, you know, they're people who know me yeah. and they're local people who see my posts on Facebook and they, you know, they take interest. Sure. And so what I wanted to do was um, originally host a, a sort of a bigger, maybe for a hundred people dinner and lecture at, at a local place. And I tried to get that going and it just seemed like it wasn't happening. Hmm. And uh, then I, uh, I had a form, a Google form, you know, that I put up, I said, here's what I want to do. And I need to charge money for this because there's going to be food involved and my time and all of that stuff. I can't yeah. do it for free. Mm -hmm. And, but it won't cost more than, you know, dinner out. So Couple don't bucks, worry yeah. about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then what I decided to do is do it at my house because okay. it's sort of personal. I can do it with a small group. Sure. And um, I figured six would be a good group because they can all, you know, take turns talking. It wouldn't be like, oh, we have to stop question time now and move on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so these were all friends and uh, I think I charged 50 bucks and I put together a 23-page booklet sure. that sort of outlines the topics that are first set of podcasts did, you know, all the, all of the things that you need yeah, to think yeah. about in pretty concise, uh, uh, language. And then I just, we made Carl's head pizza. Wow. Yeah. So I bought a bunch of toppings. I found if anybody was allergic to anything, turns out one was allergic to shellfish. So we didn't put shrimp on the pizza, Sure. but you know, we had onions, peppers, mushrooms, um, Italian sausage, chorizo sausage, bacon. Mm, nice. Uh, you know, a ricotta <laughs> cheese, 
uh, mozzarella oh, cheese, yeah. of course, and and Parmesan. So this is all on one pizza, right? Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, and garlic. <laughs> Yum. Yeah, and uh, that's that's it. And I, I also, you know, the Carl's Head pizza is where I take the egg out, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, this time I also omitted the cream cheese. Okay. And how did that work out? It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is just shredded mozzarella and almond flour. Yeah. Two ingredients. It's a two-ingredient pizza base. Two ingredients. That's more simple than regular pizza bases. It really is, isn't it? It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I still have to get the ratios right. I think I might need a little more almond flour, but uh, yeah, it was okay. basically a cup and a half of mozzarella for a minute in the microwave and then three quarters of a cup of almond flour. So wow. I got to- Figure it out, but um, but it came. I'll tell you what, it came out pretty good. And I did this on a pizza stone too. So five hundred degree oven with a pizza stone in it. I rolled out the 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 dough between two pieces of uh, parchment paper, and put put it in for just like three minutes, literally three minutes, just to crisp the bottom up, which I then took out, flipped over, and that became the top. Nice. Yep. Yeah, and then we topped it all and put it back in for maybe five minutes, and it was crispy and pizza delicious and yeah. delicious. Well, you guys know you've you, everybody's made the fathead pizza by now, <laughs> and if you haven't, make it. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but it was it, it was really great because people brought their fears of fat. You know, oh, yeah. um, people still think that fruit is okay. Yeah. And you have to tell them that, you know, it's interesting. And I learned this from Robert Lustig. When you eat a piece of fruit, there is fiber in there that slows things down. Sure. However, fruit sugar, fructose, the stuff mm. in high fructose corn syrup, yeah. isn't like glucose. Glucose nah. gets metabolized and provides energy to all your cells. Fructose goes right to your liver and gets stored as fat. You don't use it for energy. Yeah. It's and, incredible. And what's crazy is that you, people will eat an apple. Why are you eating an apple? Oh, I need some energy. Well, guess what? You ain't getting it. You, <laughs> well, it's going it's right si to fat. It's like six, 60% uh, uh, fructose and 40% glucose. So you're still getting some glucose. That's table sugar, isn't it? Or is, is there some glucose in an apple? Of 100 grams of an apple, 10 grams of sugar of one kind or another. And mm -hmm. of that sugar... Uh, I think it's 30% is glucose, 60% yeah. is fructose, and then 10% is uh, sucrose, which is table sugar. So it's really not a good balance of sugars. No, no. No. It's not. <laughs> so no. But it's, it's mostly fructose, and as you say, all has to be metabolized in the liver. Your other cells don't know what to do with fructose. They, they, yeah. they can't do anything with it. So it has to get back to the liver, and then the liver's got to deal with it. Yeah, and the, the liver's going to turn it into triglycerides. It's going to turn it into fat. Right. And there you go. So this is what fruit is for. It's for fat storage for, you know, your, it's summertime. You need to put on some fat so that yeah. you can survive the winter. Yeah. Well, that's what, when you think about it, fruit only ripens for a short time right at the end of summer. Yeah. Um, and, and that's you know, only if you live in a temperate climate, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I suppose if you live in a tropical climate where you have fruit all year round, it's a different story. Yeah. You know, but- so the, the moral of the story is I felt like giving back. I did a little bit of work to put this document together. Everybody was really surprised. One guy said, uh, I've lost weight by eating, by, by stopping the gorging. He said he gets up in the morning, drinks coffee, doesn't eat lunch. 
yeah. and eats a sensible dinner, but he's hungry all the time. Right. And I said, well, then that's probably because your carbohydrates are too high. And I told him all about insulin and all that stuff. And he's like, well, you answered my question. I know what I'm going to do now. And here's the other thing. Yeah. We made these pizzas, right? Yep. And after we ate, um, you know, everybody had a couple slices. I yeah. said, uh, now, how many people are getting full? And just about everybody raised their hand. <laughs> and I said, no, if this was a regular pizza, would you still be full? And they were like, oh, heck no. I'd eat that whole thing. Exactly. So they already got a taste of how eating healthy food satiation. Sa satiates them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that could have been their first keto meal for some of these people. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That is incredible. So do you have any plans to follow up with these people? Um, yeah. And, and like, I, you know, just like the disclaimer that we said, you know, I'm not a keto coach, I'm not a yeah. doctor, and neither is Richard. And, not. you know, can't tell you about your medications and all of that stuff, but um, but definitely keep in touch and let us know how you're doing, that's for sure. And yeah. uh, I, I think we're going to see them in the Facebook group soon. And I'm going to do this on a regular basis. So, um, you know, it's usually on Sunday nights. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, well, you really need to do this in your community because we've set ourselves a really big goal in uh, New London, Connecticut. Yeah. We're going to turn that whole town keto in July. That's right. And so we need lots of people locally to uh, buy into the buy into the whole idea. So this is all part of the pre-advance planning for for Keto Fest, which is where we're really going to give back. <laughs> Yeah, we figured we'd save a few lives first before we had a festival. <laughs> Give people something to party about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really just very 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 rewarding. Oh, uh I also one of the one of the women who came, there was five women and one man. Mm. And uh the man was the husband of one of the women. So one of the women said that um she doesn't think she could ever give up chocolate. And I said, well, just you wait till dessert. Oh, yeah. Well, Jeff had dessert. Because I, I made the chocolate mousse. Oh, nice. And I made it two ways. One, one with Swerve as a sweetener yeah. and one with Xylitol as a sweetener. Cool. Yeah. And they loved it. And, yeah. And, and then we talked about bread. And she said, oh, I can't give up bread. I said, all right, I'm going to pop a piece of Mahler's in the toaster and toast it up nice for you. Yeah. And did you like that? And she's like, oh, yeah, that was great. All right. Yeah. So you've had pizza, you've had toast <laughs> with butter, and you've had chocolate. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's just great. It's yeah. great. So like Richard said, we're planning to do this Keto Fest in 2017 in New London, Connecticut. And if you want to sign up for more information as uh, events occur and as as news unfolds, go to ketofest.com and just add your name and email address. Yeah. And uh, we totally encourage you, listener, who have had success with the ketogenic diet, to do something like this in your community. Yeah. And give back because it's so hard to know that people have the answer to their health problems right under their nose and they're being given bad advice. Uh, uh, case in point. Um, our friend, uh, who we won't name by name, who's a type one diabetic, right? We're going to have him on the show, but his story broke my heart. Mm. He was a type one diabetic and was on insulin and the whole nine yards and went, you know, after he was getting sicker and sicker following their standard diet, Sure. he talked to this nutritionist who said something about, 
Oh, that low-carb diet that you mentioned? Yeah, maybe you ought to do that. I don't know. That might be a good idea. Wink, wow. wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. But she was very guarded about it. And then he did it, and he had success to the point where he got off insulin. Wow. Type 1 diabetic, Type right? One. So he, st- he was still obviously making just a little bit because you got to have some. Yeah. And his reaction was both elation and absolute. He was absolutely irate. Yeah. And he went to this, because why Why didn't they tell me this? And he went to this uh, nutritionist or medical professional, I can't remember what she was, and he said, why didn't you tell me this? And she evaded the question. Yeah. And he said, is it because you can't? <sighs> and then she just sort of winked at him, like, yeah, yeah I, she can't. It's incredible. How, that's so freaking wrong. Yeah. Well, uh, got, it just makes me mad. We've got doctors in Australia who are being barred from talking at all about nutrition and these are doctors who part of their part of their job is soaring off the legs of diabetics who yeah. soaring off legs that have become gangrenous and they can't Ooh, talk to yeah. these people about um, a, a diet a dietary intervention that has been shown yeah. to reverse the progression Gary of that Fetke. disease Gary Fetke, yeah. exactly so you want so, to learn that story listen I to know. mad as hell oh yeah that'll get you upset that one yeah, the same woman who wanted chocolate and toast told me that her doctor told her not to go on the ketogenic diet. And the, when she asked why, because her your organs would starve without carbohydrates. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That yeah. That is an yeah. incredible degree of ignorance. Yes, that it really is. is. And so, you know, I'm, this is our next t-shirt, change your doctor or change your doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You really, I tell you what, when you find a good doctor, um, word yeah. spreads. I've, I, yeah. I was on a low-carb forum on Facebook, not ours, but it was a, a local one in Australia, low-carb down under, and mm. somebody was talking about a wonderful doctor that they had in Canberra, and I'd just moved to Canberra at the time, and I was looking for a GP recommendation, and uh, she gave me the recommendation, and I went to see her, and she, this new doctor of mine, and she's been wonderful, she's... She she doesn't do a lot of low carb stuff. She does mostly fasting and mostly the Michael Moore sort of five two yeah. diet stuff. But um, right. she's all across the the new information and uh, yeah. and she was very proactive and and she's been very helpful to help me uh, find strategies to lower my my basal insulin. So uh, really, yeah. um, it, it's wonderful when you do get a good doctor. But um, th- that may be just one way of paying it forward is is uh, let other people know good uh, general right. practitioners in your area because uh, and that's that's exactly. What happened uh, last night was one of these women said, who's your doctor? And I told Mm. her, and she says, that's my doctor too. (laughs) Wow. So how cool is that? Now you're actually building a local network. Right. And you're encouraging that doctor because now that doctor is going to see more patients who are having success with this and is going to grow more confident in, in recommending a ketogenic diet as a therapy. And now you've got a group for people to come to. Yeah. And for support. It's a wonderful thing. That's outstanding. So, so tell me about this uh, keto fest that we're going to do. We're going to we've got the mayor on board. The uh, mayor basically said uh, anything that you can do or anybody can do to make people healthier is a, less of a strain on our budget for ambulance rides and uh, in healthcare, wow. and uh, just from a financial point of view. Yeah, and and also you know keeps them alive and in the town longer, of course, uh, improves quality of life. It's a no-brainer for the mayor. And he said, if you want a a letter 
you know, from the mayor's office that you can give to, you know, hotels, restaurants, any of these, any places in town, uh, you just name it and, yeah. and, and I'll, and I'll write it. How good is that? And, uh, he says, actually, if you write it up, I'll review it and sign it. So <laughs> how wow. cool is that? So you've spoken to a couple of restaurants that you've got a friend who yeah. runs a pizzeria, a brick pizzeria and, uh, and you've made fat, fathead pizzas there, right? Yes, that's right. Not, and not only that, but there's a maker space in town that has a big mm. kitchen and I'm equipping them with video equipment and all of that stuff so when, and a big screen so that wow. people can stand around the kitchen that holds maybe 60, 70 people and they don't have to be right up on the cooking. They can sort of see what's going on. Nice. Um, and not only that, but uh, yeah, the guy from the pizza restaurant said, hey, I'll buy fathead crusts pre-made for three bucks each. Wow. Yeah. So now I could create a job for somebody who right. wants to learn how to make these things and supply them. And he says, hey, you know, as long as people are buying them, I don't care. And yeah. it's a certified kitchen. So that's great. Um, yep. We have uh, some of our guests, our noted guests have right. already said that they want to come. And some speak. of our guests for the po- from the podcast have heard about yeah. it and, and they're up for it. So they're going to come and, yep. and we're going to have, we're going to, I think we've got a, a theater, an old, an old theater. Yes, with a stage and a scream. Yeah, it is old in terms of age, but it's been totally restored. Right. It's a vaudeville theater, and it holds uh, about two thousand people, I think, maybe fourteen hundred, something like that. And uh, yes, so we have a big stage. There's a sixty foot movie screen. Um, now this is all in the planning stage right now. So <laughs> getting the details together, we want to have an outdoor party, like at yeah. least one. We want to have a lot of social meeting space. We want to cook events. some pig. We want to cook we a lot of cook pig. want to cook some pig. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. A pig roast. Yeah. So to speak. But we'll, you know, we'll also have beef for those that don't eat pork. But, sure. um, the idea is, you know, meat, bacon, you know, and, mm. and meeting. And, and <laughs> meat right, and meat. Sure. Meat and meat. <laughs> and, and, of course, we've got the, a lot of the restaurants in town are getting interested, so we're going to try yeah. and get a lot of them to offer keto options on their on their menus. And A lot of and, them already do. There's a there's a place called Hot Rods that, you know, their specialty is wings. Ah, and they have 20 go. sauces, and it's a family-run local place. It's not a chain. Nice. Um, there's a uh, coffee shop right across from the parade where we want to have the outdoor pig roast where – they're on board. They'll do whatever they want, you know, bulletproof coffee or whatever, uh, or Zorn. Uh, Zorn shakes. <laughs> Outstanding. Passion fruit tea with heavy whipped cream, whipped cream. Yeah. So there's just, you know, more and more people are getting interested all the time. Plus there's a lot of musicians involved as well. So we're, we're going to yeah. have uh, festival events and, and you right. know, it's, it's going to be a great, it's going to be, I'm flying all the way from Australia to, to, to join That's this. Right. So That's it's going right. to be great. So then the next thing that I alluded to that we've been thinking about is having these retreats and right. the whole idea is that, and, and, you know, if you think about, all right, you guys are selling out, you know, you're making money off of this and that's not good. You, you know, absolute power corrupts. Come on, 50 bucks, right? <laughs> this, yeah. So my, my, my answer to that is all of this information we give away freely on this yeah. podcast. Pretty much, it's all yeah. on the internet. It's all there. Obviously, they're not paying for access to the information. No. They're paying because they learn best by having an experience. Yeah. The, uh, and if they didn't find it valuable, they wouldn't pay for it. 
Right. It's very simple. So um, when I put the feelers out there, people were very happy to pay $50, which is what you'd pay at a nice restaurant sure. for a nice meal. And at the same time, you're meeting other people that are in the same boat as you, and you're learning a lot. Yeah. So, uh, I th you know, it's worth it to people. And also, um, science has shown that people tend to value things more when they pay for them. Yes, And it's that true. simple. It is that simple. They, they're invested now. They've, they don't want to waste their $50, so they're going to try this thing. Yeah. You know? So the other, the other thing that occurs to me that's useful to do is to start, people can start a blog about their experiences, which is something that we've yes. done. This week we yes. started our own blog. You can go to blog.2keto.com and yeah. uh, we've just started putting um, posts up there about our experiences and you're more than welcome, of course, to share um, to share our blog posts, but why not start a blog of your own? You know, that's... Uh, Absolutely. Um, it, it's uh, well worth it. W Richard, what do you think about us moving our recipes from our personal blogs over to the Two Keto Dudes blog? Do you think yeah. that's a good idea? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah I think that might that. be better it'll too. Take a bit of it'll take a bit of time to get them over there, but uh, yeah. but we'll do them one at a time and uh, it uh, it'll be a good idea, yeah. So if you're interested in any of these things and there's any way we can help or give you some more information, just send us email, dudes at twoketodudes.com. Join our Facebook sure. group, fb.twoketo.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, at twoketodudes. Instagram, twoketodudes. And, uh, geez, I think that's just about it. You could send a carrier pigeon note, I suppose. <laughs> Squab. <laughs> Old school. Squab. <laughs> hey, man, that brings us to... Recipes! <laughs> We are known for our recipes. We are. We are. You can get them all at recipes.2keto.com. You can. Now, I've been on a bent lately doing vegetable recipes, and today is no exception. Um, all right. One of, the th one of the textures that I've been missing since I started keto is the texture of noodles. It's always nice to have yeah. spaghetti or, uh, or yeah. um, you know, noodles, you know. And sure, there's shirataki or miracle noodles or konjac noodles, all the same thing. Um, yeah. But they have that sort of slimy texture. But what would be right. nice is to, is to have a texture of a noodle that is to the tooth that has that yeah. al dente feeling. Yeah. And I've worked out a way to do it. I, really? I use, yeah, yeah, and I do it, with, and I, it, they're not zoodles. Uh, you can make you can make uh, noodles out of zucchini. Uh, yeah, I tried I've, that once. I've, they're okay, but they fall apart pretty easily. Uh, yep. But I've, I found a vegetable noodle that holds up to heat. So I can cook it. I cooked it up today in a soup, for example, in a, in a, in a pork stock soup. Um, wow. But, so what I do is I use a daikon radish, which is a large radish, like a it's, it's the shape and size of a very large carrot, a massive carrot, maybe okay, maybe um, two foot long. And what you do is you cut it into one foot segments and you use a mandoline to uh, to with a with a julienne attachment to slice it up. You can use a knife if you want; it'll just take longer. But a mandoline wow. slices up pretty easily. So what you end up with, and it, it, a, a radish obviously is white. It actually has four four grams of carbohydrates per hundred grams. So it's about four percent carbohydrate. So it's pretty low okay. for a vegetable. Yeah. Um, and now uh, I found I find that about fifty grams of this radish works for a plate. And so you're talking about mm. two grams two of grams. carbohydrate, which is pretty reasonable. You know. That's so, great. Um, 
Yeah, so what I do is I, I use a mandoline to, to slice up the radish and it's- And that makes it, a wide noodle, right? It makes a very wide noodle, yeah. I make it, it they're almost sober style uh, noodles. Oh. And uh, so they, they hold up really well in in soups. Um, and what I do is I, after I've mandolined the noodle, I rub it with a bit of salt and that draws out a little bit of the moisture from it. Mm. And then I put it in a pan with butter. So I've got a pan nice. with, with butter and uh, you know, uh, God bless fire. Paula Dean, man. She gets <laughs> such a bad rap, but it's not the butter that's the problem with no. her recipes, is it? <laughs> I know, right? So, so I, I, I just fry it up in it like a uh, fifty grams of uh, daikon radish um, turned into noodles. Uh, maybe I'd use half a teaspoon of salt. It's not a lot of salt, just to draw a bit of the, the moisture out, let it sit for yep. a bit, and then I put it in a pan with maybe uh, a tablespoon of butter that's um, that's uh, melted, and I, I fry it. And basically, you you can you can add uh, garlic to it if you want, or ginger, or mm. whatever flavors you want to end up in. In this case, in my soup, I had uh, it was a pork soup, so I used uh, ginger, which is a nice combination. Yeah, um, nice. Yeah, so they hold up really well to the tooth, and uh, it's. They don't really don't have a crispy radish taste texture to them. It's more like a, it's more like a noodle, really. And uh, so, th- so that's my trick: is uh, how to turn a vegetable into noodles. I love it. It's interesting, Richard, because I also am bringing a pork stock soup to the table today. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's Carl's pork and bean soup. Mm, nice. Now beans. I thought yeah. you couldn't have beans on a ketogenic diet. Well, guess what, kids? Have you ever heard of black soybeans? Yeah. Yeah, black soybeans are only one gram of carbohydrate per half a cup. And yet they have that beanie texture. They're beanies. Wow. They're beans. Mm. Yeah. So here's what you do. You start with pork stock. And I make it by going to the grocery store and getting a package of, of ham hocks, smoked ham hocks. I use ham hock stock. For this soup tonight, so yeah, okay, I'm right, I'm with you on that. You're right with me. All right, so six ham hocks is about five bucks in the U.S. Oh wow! And basically, you put those in a uh, crock pot mm-hmm. with um, three or four crushed garlic cloves and uh, half a cup of tomato sauce, and fill the rest up with water. Yeah. You want to hold off on salting because they're already salty and smoky. Yep. If you want to put some fresh oregano and sage in there, that's fine too. And bay leaf would be good, yep. Bay leaf would be good. And you can use a crock pot all day or you can use a pressure cooker for two hours, you know, two one-hour cycles. Sure, yeah. Um, then what I do is I transfer that to a soup pot and I chop up celery and optionally fennel. Fennel goes really, really mm. well with pork. Yeah. Into small pieces and saute those in a fry pan with two uh, tablespoons of olive oil. And then I... Uh, make get about a pound of sweet Italian sausage, mm. and and uh, crumble that in a pan and fry that. And you're gonna fry that get it, get in it crispy. Uh, oil and get it crispy. Get some fond on there. Yeah, get some yeah. brown edges because that's gonna taste really really good in your <laughs> soup. So you add that and the veggies and and all along with the beans and uh, the tomato sauce and you just, you know, mix it all together and you can cook it down a little bit if you want it. Now salt and pepper to taste. Uh, If you want a little more oregano, sage, bay leaf, whatever, that's fine. Now here's here's what you do. When you go to serve it, you're going to serve it with fresh spinach. So you're going to take baby spinach, maybe a small handful, and put it on top and stir it around and let it just sort of wilt a little bit and then right. you serve it. 
Mm. So the, the hot soup actually cooks the baby spinach just enough so that it's cooked, but it yeah. still has that fresh taste. Nice. And uh, then you top the whole thing with some shredded Parmesan cheese. There you nice. go. That's good stuff. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Yeah. So, but the star of the show is the beans. Um, if you want to use beans for chili or anything else, black soybeans, and you can get them on Amazon. We'll post a link to it. Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people don't like soy because of phytoestrogens or some, yeah. a lot of soy is GMO, but my yep. my attitude is I, I eat soy in a lot of cases. I'll, I'll eat edamame. I'll eat soy, yep. soy sauce. Um, yep. I will eat soybean-based uh, noodles, um, and I don't eat a lot of them. Uh, if you look at all the food that I ate during a month, yeah. I might have a soy meal once or twice in a month. Yeah, me too. So, you know, compared to uh, a standard American diet, which you don't even know it, but most of that food has got soy soy in it because it's one yeah. of the cheapest sources of carbohydrates. So Yeah, um, exactly. You know, also, you got to know that soy has gluten. So yeah. if you're gluten-free, you probably want to avoid the soy, soy, uh, black soybeans. Okay. But cool. uh, there you go. Mm. So that's the show, Richard. Of course, if you have anything that you want to tell us, something we said wrong, something that you don't agree with, or some more research that you found to support or even refute what we've said, send it by email to dudes at twoketodudes.com or post it on our website. And you can also join our Facebook page, as we said before, at fb.twoketo.com. Yeah. You can find our recipes at recipes.twoketo.com. You can find links to the ketogenic diet and science behind it at links.twoketo.com. 2keto.com. You can go to our blog at blog.2keto.com and uh, follow us on Twitter at 2ketodudes, Instagram 2ketodudes. Hey, keep calm and keto on. Keep calm and keto on, Carl. And we'll see you next time on 2keto Dudes. Two Keto Dudes. <laughs>